the twilight of the gods' nears. Brother will kill brother. Families will be sundered by murder. Four ages are afoot. An axe age, a sword age, where shields are cloven. A wind age, a wolf age, where the world falls. No one shall be spared. Welcome to Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion RPG podcast. Prepare for adventure. Hey guys, Jim and Kelly here from Ragnarok and Roll, Scion Hero to Ragnarok Story. Hello. So today is a special day. What is today? Today is our fifth anniversary. It is. It is the fifth anniversary from the first podcast episode we did for Ragnarok and Roll. Yeah. It's a huge milestone. I miss Scion. Yeah, well, that's why I've got the uh, Scion Second Edition books in your hand here, so you can look at them. Yes, this is. Did the you f- feel the cover? Ooh, no. They, they they got even fancier on the Scion cover. So you've got your hands on Scion Origins. Yes. So, so Hero is level two now. Yeah. As opposed so to so Scion has first... broken it down to Origin is like the things touched by the supernatural, and then the hero. So one thing they're doing with Scion now is they're basically, instead of it being the three books originally of Hero, Demigod, and God, it's now Scion Origin, which is covering the everything not legend, and it teaches you the game system, as a cat goes flying over, Yep. to Scion Hero, which has the four different types of Scion you can now have. What? You can have your regular Scion that is the child of a god. So you have the born scion, which is most scions come from the outcome of a god and a mortal. Human, animal, whatever. That's literally what they say in here. They're getting super loosey-goosey with labels. No, think of it. Io is impregnated, you know, the, the cow. The, uh-huh. Then there's the swan, you know, with the shower of gold. And then you have some examples from the different uh, pantheons. Then you've got created scion, which are scions that scions are beings granted godlike abilities, even though they hail from origins other than humanity. This can include clouds giving life to a wisp that eventually becomes a god of winds, or their existence is never easy, however, because they have very little basis of who they are. So they're just created spontaneously. Then you have the chosen. Yes, the chosen, sort of like uh, Ulysses or Odysseus. Some people are gifted or blessed by the gods, even though they have no blood relations. So it's like Odysseus with Athena. She was he, he was her chosen champion. So a god can bequeath a, a person, and of course, the book gives different examples, like you know, Sigurd, you know, Odin's favorite. She became a Valkyrie. She she wasn't born a Valkyrie, but she became a Valkyrie. And then you have incarnate, which basically is the, you are the incarnate or perhaps the oddest of the lot. Gods frequently create moral avatars, aspects of themselves. So sort of like uh, in the Persian religion where you had gods creating, you know, avatars of themselves to do special jobs. And then if the avatar was a hero type, he survived and wasn't reabsorbed. Hmm. 
And then of course in here they do the classic visitation. So one thing that might interest you that is different from the original hero, it's got the same basic pretense that the gods and the titans were, were true. Only difference in Scion, second edition, part of the thing is that more people than not know that the gods exist still. So like that's an example of the three sisters, the Morgan bequeath power to mortals and as long as the oldest females are al alive they become the weird sisters uh, mother maiden crone mm -hmm. the norns the fates the fenris arms <laughs> a divinely inspired mercenary band and then i'm looking for a picture that basically in the second edition which i bet you in our groups we probably wouldn't play it used that aspect of it at least we'd probably go back to our old ad hoc system I like the original. <laughs> mm -hmm. Is that uh, the gods basically are still worshipped. So there's still churches of Odin worshippers for the Aesir and Thor worshippers. So Christianity didn't pretty much convert everyone in Europe. So all the different pantheons exist still. So you could have a church. I'm still looking for the picture that has a church. Yeah, there. but even in the old, uh, the original Scion, mm -hmm. there were, you know... Well, in second edition, they're blatant about it. That literally in Japan, hanging out on on skyscrapers are, you know, Tengu. That can be seen by uh -huh. everyone. So I, I, of course, prefer the original version where you had like the Percy Jackson mist or the vampire yeah. masquerade, mask, the veil that kept the supernatural hidden from the non-soups. Yeah. So like a fire giant in first edition looked like a burnt up hobo as opposed to... In the new version, people can see the fire giant as a fire giant. Yeah, it kind of takes the whole... Being a creature mystery, of legend thing. Yeah, I mean, out of it, you know, if you, if you do it that way. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I do think is cool, that when you make a character now, you basically will pick paths. Like, scions will have three paths, you know, you're... you're basically your backstory for your character. One thing in second edition is when you pick guides as one of your birthrights, guides actually have more effect than they did in first edition where it's just this potent guide you can check in on. You can actually Yeah. You can actually My trick my character Trixie had a guide. Mm -hmm. It was her mom because uh, she was Madame Devora <laughs> <laughs> the fortune teller. And apparently I've passed it. But one cool thing that you will like is there are 10 pantheons in the base book now for Hero. Okay. So we have the Acer. Of course. Of course. You have to have the originals. We've got the Divas from India, which were, they were in the companion book. They're they now officially base book. We have, as I flip over, we have the Kami. They've changed the Japanese pantheon to Kami hmm. as opposed to... Right there, same symbol, as opposed to with you know the. We then have the Manito of the Anishin Abek, the Native American man. Oh. So that's now oh. an established part of the system. They've changed the uh, Prehajet to the Netjir of Egypt, and they've oh. given them a kind of facelift for their their pantheon. We have the Oasha of Yerubaland. Yeah, you're blonde. We apologize for butchering the African pantheon. butchering pantheons. any of these 
Which, languages. by the way, you will find interesting that it is the Loa pantheon that has actually been reverted back to the original African As pantheon. opposed to the uh, voodoo mm-hmm. It's basically the African pantheons. And believe it or not, Mamiwata is now a god and not a titan. Ah. They've reverted her back to her godly goddessness as opposed to an evil titan. I like that better, actually. Although, well, I have to admit that was a fun adventure. Uh-huh. Because she does make a great Ursula. Mm-hmm. As the Freya is barking. But they basically reintroduced the African pantheon, which is cool, with their Caribbean versions of themselves as well, so that we can play either or, ah. which is really cool. Then we have a barking dog, the Shin of China. Basically, they've taken the celestial, of celestial bureaucracy, bureaucracy and given them their actual Chinese name, which is, mm-hmm. I thought was cool. And then we got the Tiolt of Mehek. I would love you to pronounce that. Um, uh, Mexico. Hold on. Yep, it's a funny high horrible. Basically, the new version of the Aztec that is not just Aztec, but it's basically all of the Mesoamerican. Mexica. 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 I mean, because that's Mm -hmm. a ch. I'm, you know, the Teotl. Teotl of Mexico. And like they've, they've changed and... the Greek and Roman gods to the Theo. The. Huh. The Greek and Roman gods. I like the way they put that. And the Tuatha are now the actual full-blown Tuatha Denen so, of Denen, Ireland. Yeah. So they've given them the full breakdown, which is cool. And now they, so that you have more options in Scion. That's cool. Yeah. And another thing that I do like is they've added more abilities to when you take your boons. There's more ways you can use your boons. Ooh. Yeah. So there's... Well, that's kind of nice because with the different, you know, way you could purchase them with your points, sometimes you'd have a couple people in the party with the same boons. Mm Mm-hmm. And one thing they did take out is you no longer have epic attributes like you used to back in the day. Unlike the epic attributes. The epic attributes are now blended in with the boons. So the powers. And you have different breakdowns for in origin, you have the normal people boons. Which, by the way, in that book you can make werewolves, wolf soldiers, and kintsune. Oh, kintsune? You know, the, the slightly supernatural, supernatural creatures. Ah, I will let you wiggle in your feet because you're yes. right at the microphone while you're doing that. Oh, sorry. So there's lots of rustling. I'm just getting comfy. Apparently. So the nice thing with purviews is you have more options of things you can do and stuff, which is great. And they've got uh, different powers that basically you can activate a power and keep it activated with a point of legend. Yeah. So that's that's one of the cool touches. So we definitely have to, like, you know... We'll have to do, like, some mini-adventures or something. Mm -hmm. Make some characters. You can see how the character sheets have changed a lot. Yeah, they're definitely different. Skills are more important than everything else. Uh Then you have attributes. And the attributes are still the same, mental, physical, social. And then they basically further codified it that each mental, physical, and social has a power move, a finesse move, and a a resilience move. So, like, stamina is your resilience for physical, or resolve for mental, or composure for social. And then you notice that uh, legend is still there, but it's a lot smaller. Yeah. 
So you no longer have that weird legend point squared, 4 times 4 to equal 12. And I don't and see willpower. Do you see the thing called momentum? Yes, I do. Momentum is a new mechanic in the system that it's a group mechanic. Sort of like when oh. we played Conan. Okay. It's almost the same kind of momentum that if you extra succeed, you can give the group momentum points. Okay. So that's a cool game mechanic in the system. And virtue is different because now for each pantheon, you have a good virtue and a bad virtue, and you basically balance between the two. Instead of the four virtues? Instead of the four virtues, yep. Um, is this still a D10 system? Or it, is, is it... it is still the... The new storyteller system is very similar to the old... Uh, sto the new story path system is similar to the old storyteller system, where you basically will mix a attribute and a skill, roll your d10s and roll it. And eights and higher are successes. Tens don't double. Tens let you roll an additional dice. Hmm. And of course, if you have no successes and a one, you botched. And okay. some abilities will grant you extra successes, but you still need, just like in sign, you need that one success for Otherwise, the extras to count. Yeah. yeah. Which is really cool. And then... Another cool thing here, because I like how they they took a bunch of mechanics from different game systems we like, like Fate and, you know, a few of the other ones out there. You have deeds. So deeds are things that you want to accomplish. Your short-term deed is something that you're going to accomplish pretty soon. So probably like in one game session to, to like, hey, get Aunt May a uh, rent money. Hmm. Just go ahead and get that, Yana. I just did. Okay. And then you have your long-term goal, which is something that would probably be tied into the, in your campaign, you want to do this. And then you have your band deed, which is everyone has the same deed that basically will, if your storyteller's your smart. unifying goal. Yeah. That's going to be the you're team all mechanic to, are we going to beat Thanos and get the Infinity Gauntlet back? <laughs> or are we going to stop the Red Skull from getting the Tesseract? <laughs> hey, Marvel makes a great one to quote. But the new system is really, really interesting from what I've been reading, mainly because Origin lets you have pre-visitation scions, which you can then easily turn into a scion hero. Or you can just use them as podunk lower level like hunters, like supernatural style hunters. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, I liked the whole coming up with my visitation story. Mm -hmm. It set a... Like a, a precedent, not a precedent, a, but the it theme. set the tone for my, mm -hmm. my, uh, Scion. So, you know, I, I liked that and I liked writing that story and it, it gave me a lot of, I mean, I wrote a lot more stories for my characters, mm -hmm. my Scion characters than <laughs> any other character any, you I mean, I play. have backgrounds like for all my D&D &D characters, of course, and stuff. But nothing like I do for my Scion characters. I have the visitation stories written out. I have I have stories of Trixie that I don't think have ever been... Ever been know. published. No. And Val, my original. Oh my God, I've got so many stories for her, <laughs> you know, between... You know, my interims are, or that we had done around uh -huh. uh, some of the adventures and, uh, you know, and I, they were just more of a inspiration as opposed to, you know. Mm -hmm. 
And another thing that they changed in here is fate binding. Huh. They've actually made it so at hero level, fate binding will happen more often. But it will be specifically tied to your calling what kind of fate binding you're attracted to. Okay. So, as an example, if you had Freya as your parent, your callings, basically you would pick one of these callings as, as one of your three callings. So your past, present, and future. So your callings would be lover, guardian, or sage. You would pick one of those. And then you pick whether it's super important in your life, bleh, in your life, or eh. Well, considering how my very first sign character was a scion of Freya, and um, she was a libertine, mm-hmm. and um, one of her vices was sex. So um, I'd Lover. say she'd have to go for lover. Okay. So that's good to know. Alcohol and sex. And then, as the fate system works, it's actually more of a player and GM talk about a quick conversation of, okay, your fate binding is coming up. Is this... A, and it, you only fate bind in the new system to storyteller ran NPCs. So it doesn't affect player characters. Okay, well that's That way it gives player agency to... back to... Because in the old system, you could have fate bindings. Yeah, but we never really did, because it's more of a... The dice mechanic never let it happen. Exactly. So it was always NPCs that we were fate bound to. Mm-hmm. Our dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, dumpster in Chicago. And of course, you'd have your callings. Let's see. So, lover. As the calling lover. Gods marry. Gods fuck. Gods cheat on one another. The Pantheons are extended families of parents and science with complex relationships between members. When those relationships come central to a god or hero's legend, they're a lover. The calling encompasses legendary seductresses and divine cads who also... Yes? So I was wondering, does this... So like in the original one where you had your... Uh... Let's see here. Let me get one of the characters in. So, yeah. They don't have... Where they have the your one... nature and yeah. your calling. Yeah. Which was your calling was like your job. Mm-hmm. And then your nature was like you were the, uh, like my, uh, the vow was the libertine That's... and trickster or something was, um, your virtue. And your... Yeah. No, no. Virtues were based off of your uh, pantheon, uh, your... but it was nature and calling. Yeah. So calling was like your job and then your nature was the type of person where like daredevil or, you know, judge or, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. So this new system doesn't have that. Yeah. That new system is, has changed it down. So you have, mm. cause before you have your concepts, you know, that, that sentence that is what you are, you know, the one sentence word that explains what your character was. Like, yeah. The nature. Mm-hmm. And, I liked that. I mean, I thought that that sort of helped put the R-O-L-E back into role-playing again. Uh-huh. You know, where it, it's sort of like in D&D 5th edition, you have the personality traits, you have your, your background, mm-hmm. which is your personality traits, your flaws, your bonds, you know, uh, that type of thing. Um, and it 
gives you sort of a framework to how your character thinks mm-hmm. or behaves or is, is basically leaning to. Mm-hmm. And so this new so the new sign doesn't seem to have that. Well, the new other s- than lover or the second part of your more... character creation is called paths. At the origin level, you pick a path for your character which establishes their mythical mythical or mortal characteristics that feed directly to your skills. You create three paths, each with the following elements. A short description. Each path gives you three skills that are associated with it and connections that might have you to associates, friends, followers, whatever, and consequences. Usually there's a short list that you can pick from consequences. Then you basically, as you pick your three paths, you'll basically have your origin, which is your backstory or your upbringing, your role, which is your job or your self-image, and then your society or pantheon if you're a scion. So, of course, that would be like the, the god, the pantheon that you belong to, a secret society, like your men of letters or, you know, a hunter or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then you take those three things, so you're basically your origin, your current thing, and what what you're associated with, and you pick a primary, a secondary, and a tertiary. So you basically classic World of Darkness style, you pick your main, secondary, and your third. Okay, and then after you have that set, that's your backstory. So your, whichever one you pick is the most important to your character is your main path that you're on. So then, now that you have your paths picked, Each path will give you certain skills. So your primary then gets three dots for those three skills that relate to that primary path. Your secondary gets two, and then your tertiary gets one dot for each of the ones. Sort of like how you would assign your epic attributes in the original uh, um, Uh scion. Yep. And then, of course, you come up with attributes pretty much the same way as as old school, as you pick your primary, your secondary, and your, your tertiary. Then you get to calling and knacks, and calling is the archetype you fulfill, sort of like in first edition, you're, you know, you're calling. What, what are you? You know, what's the one sentence people say when she's a libertine dancer, when we're talking Val? Mm-hmm. So there's a specific list to pick from, and for the callings, because they've kind of basically made it into archetypes. So your choices for calling is creator, guardian, healer, hunter, Judge, leader, lover, liminal, sage, trickster, and warrior. So they've reduced it quite a bit. But the, now the, they've basically made it to smaller, tighter, concise things because they're basically packets. And then, of course, you know, for an origin character, you only get one calling. For a scion character, you'd also get access to the callings of your pantheon as well, so you get multiples. And then, because I can sign, one of your callings will be your parent. So then you have your knacks, which are your low-level powers, which in origin, there's no birthright. So your character would spend all their points on knacks. When they become a divinely blessed hero, they actually would have their visitation and be upgraded at that point. You know, their divine ichor would ignite and they Uh get that upgrade just like in classic scion. And then you could purchase birthrights then. And one thing I did notice with birthrights now, just, you know, because I, I haven't read it cover to cover, but skimming through, is there's a lot more stealing of birthrights in the, in the new system, it looks like. As long as you roll really well, you can steal other Scion's birthrights. See, hmm. And you can find lost relics. 
Yeah, well, you could do that in the old one, too. I know. You could do both of those in the old one. But, I don't know. I I would I'd probably have to try it from creation to, you know, mm-hmm. Make, doing all that. Play through a couple of making just, characters. Just from our conversation, though. I like the original. I like the original setting myself better where you had that whole... The supernatural is hidden from mundane eyes, except for the occasional special mortals. Well, and I like the whole, the way they had set it up with the epic attributes and the, mm-hmm. um, uh, the knacks and, and the birthrights and stuff. Although I must say it's nice to have the, uh, um, larger pantheon, mm-hmm. uh, the larger pantheons in the, I'll have to of course peruse the, mm-hmm. um, descriptions of the, 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 the gods and stuff and, um, and now that there's the momentum ability, unfortunately, it does mean they lost the battle wheel, which was a mechanic I really love, which I is the like weapon the speed. battle wheel. But we do know a bunch of people who minimaxed on weapons and things for the battle wheel, so that may be why they took it out. Mm, that's true. Because everybody put points I'm not a minimaxer myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen, I, uh, once it depends, I'm, I always create my character based off the character as opposed to like Val, her weapon was, um, a blade. Mm -hmm. So yeah, she was never, you know, fast, you know. And one thing in origin I noticed when reading through is there's actually the ability to make magic items Uh as opposed to in Scion, only your Greek pantheon could use the art, the art. So yeah, that's, that sense. should be interesting, that players will actually be able to, to go play Monster Hunter and find bits and make things. <laughs> Come on, you know that would be fun. Lessons of the Forge! <laughs> Channel my divinity! Oh, no, wrong, sorry, it's my... R- wrong game. Wrong game. It's my uh, new cleric, dwarf cleric, the cleric of the Forge. And of course they've added new purviews. They've got judge, leader, sage, all these different things that they've added into it. And they actually have a mechanic similar to uh, Edge of Empire where you have your light side, dark side, destiny points. Yeah. It's interesting. The the storyteller will have some points that he can use. And do you know what he can do? What can he do? He can actually cash in some of his points to upgrade villains that you've run into to upgrade the villain with new abilities. Oh. So you could have that mortal bad guy that gets away that he basically can then upgrade into a slightly better bad guy for later on. <laughs> One thing I did notice is in the um, creating of NPCs and antagonists, they've kind of made a lot more work for the, the game master, the storyteller. I've got to keep you know, saying the right thing, storyteller. In that you build your villains. So you start with a basic template, which would be like goon or cop or soldier. And then you add abilities to them to, to bulk them up, basically. So you could then, you know, they have an ability like Shadow Step that basically if someone has that, uh, end of uh, cooldown is the end of scene. So you're back, say it's, you're making a ni- human ninja mm-hmm. that has Shadow Step. The antagonist is able to reestablish stealth during combat, allowing him to make a surprise attack on his next, her, on her next turn. She must still succeed at a stealth roll in order to do so. This flare simply makes it possible. <laughs> so you have little things that you can add to to your characters and your monsters 
So, of course, you know, the archetypes that you'd have would be a foe, then a rival, then a nemesis. Sort of like in, I know it's Edge of Empire, mm -hmm. how they have the different ranks. So, like, a nemesis is a character that will likely go after rival players. Because hmm. nemesis. Sort of like some of the ones that uh, mm -hmm. Bell had run in with. Yeah, and how they, they slowly upgrade. And, of course, they've got archetypes like vampires, and they keep it loose, so one vampire can actually be used to make many different types of vampires. So that way, the GMs have more more license to create their own bad guys. And then, of course, they've got, uh, just to teach how the rules work, if you don't want to have a scion of the gods, they give you an example in Origins, and then they upgrade it in scion to give you scion level, oh, okay. that you can make a satyr, a centaur... A wolf warrior, or the everybody loves Kinsunai. Because, you know, they're just adorable. And, of course, you can have a human Cassandra. So they're trying to make it so that way you can have more characters of different power level working together. Yeah, but usually in a standard party, you want people of the same power level. Mm -hmm. Well, see, that's what I'm saying, though, is you could have a scion. And then you could have a human who's made it from origin up to scion level. So he's at that level, but he's not a scion. So he's got basically his points put into other stuff. Mm -hmm. So you could have the Aeolus sidekick for Hercules that still is competent and can hang and not die instantly. True. And they've come up with the kind of power dealio. But who wants to play the sidekick? Uh, hello, sidekicks are awesome. Especially when they're not sidekicks. <laughs> Superhero high. <laughs> Sidekick. <laughs> Hero support. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you, you think 2nd edition science something you're going to look at? I think that it's something that I would like to dabble in and see is, you know, um, playing it or crafting a character um, to just to see how I like mm -hmm. But I do have a fondness for the original, the mm -hmm. OG. Well, see, I would say steal the setting from OG and use this one. Because one thing that they did kind of say in Scion Hero is the gods forgot how the Titans got locked up. So they're not so much worried of locking them back up as damage control. Because, of course, they know they can't kill the higher-ups Titans because that'll ruin the world. Yeah. You know, you kill the Titan of the ocean, the, 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 the oceans run dry. You kill the Titan of... Mesplahem, all of a sudden fires go out across the world. So you need the primal titans, but you it's damage control. It's all about the damage control. Hmm. So you like the pretty pretty covers? I do well that I like that they're texture. That they, they they have, have a touchy texture feel. And I like the uh cover for the uh um uh, origins, mm -hmm. but I'm not overly fond of the uh, pictures inside. Yeah, they're pretty much like the the old Cyan Companion guy, like you said. Yeah, they're um, as opposed to the original three books. Mm -hmm. um, there was I don't know style. Yeah, there, it's a like a slightly different style. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll definitely have to make up some characters and try it out. Of course, you know, uh, Mister Gone the gentleman who makes the character sheets online that you can fill mm -hmm. out. He's got second edition character sheets on Mr. Gon's oh, uh, character sheets. Mm -hmm. So he's there. And uh, for Roll20, apparently Scion, 
second edition is available for Roll20 to play on those character sheets. Oh. Which, that, that could be a fun idea. Yeah, I've never actually used Roll20. Do you realize that? I know. I still want to get you on it. <laughs> and you know, one thing I thought of is once you have a group of players that are in Scion Hero, and you got your hero band, mm-hmm. you could always have a like Session Zero one-shot where you make a bunch of Scion Origin characters to as the cannon there. fodder to start the story of here's the origin characters that run into the supernatural thing and they die <laughs> or live and tell the heroes when they show up as NPCs and then the player group and gets then we involved. all two box <laughs> no 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 once you finish the session zero the the storyteller regains control of the character but now he knows how to play them in the roles that you put them in. Oh, no, I like the two box. So it can play out like the classic horror movies where you see the whole victimization thing happen in the first five minutes of the movie. And then then you find one of those sketchy survivors later on. The deaths to let you know the situation is really serious. Yep. You got to put the blood in the water. Let everybody know. Like Jersey Shore. (laughs) Of course. I like the two boxing idea. But then I'm crazy and I play a changeling bard. Yeah, with accents for each of the different characters and I have like five different personas that are mapped out and <laughs> you still need to like print the sheet of these characters. I, I'm just waiting bios. on the graphics. I'm actually commissioning some renderings mm-hmm. of some some pictures so that when I hand these out to the my other teammates, um they will have like a, a reference, a reference, and a quick visual as to what, uh, um, that persona and would you look can even like. Put like a hint of what the accent is. You're saying? Oh no, the yeah, the the, the bio has that. The, the the little mini bio for each of the personas has what accent, um, I use for them. <laughs> and a, I'm not crazy, no. And of course, that game is Daggers of Freeport. Ah, yes. Which we've had our our first session. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And our session zero. You guys it's are all a, a bunch of nut jobs. It's a, only a once a month game. It's a once so. a month game, but it's a Saturday game and it's a group of your choosing. Mm. You chose your adventure party. I got my, uh, uh, VIP team. Yeah. My, you know, the, my dream team. Mm-hmm. When everyone can show up in game. Yeah. That's the hard part. That's always the hard part of gaming. But I am enjoying our other new D&D game with mm-hmm. the kids. And... Which we're not podcasting, but no, it's a fun but, game. But uh, there's uh, uh, children in mm-hmm. that one, and we don't... At a friend's house who's a... very noisy with dogs yes. and cats. But it's their, really their first true foray into... Their first D&D. Um, D&D, so it's it, nice. And they're adoring it. Yes. And they're really good at it. Yeah. And... Uh, we really want to foster that. Yeah. So. Hey, your wizard leader, he's leading you well. Exactly. And his brother who's playing the group's rogue has rogued the group well. <laughs> no, there's nothing there besides giant angry rats. <laughs> you don't need to know about those, boss. No, no. He's <laughs> funny. So, five years since we started doing Ragnarok and Roll. And that was our years. first one. That was our first one, the and people first. said share more, and then we started sharing more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, boy, did we go freaking nuts. <laughs> now we've got, what, you know, three podcasts that fewer, unfortunately, in hiatus. Rag yeah. Rock and Roll and CPPN until convention season starts back up. Or <gasps> RPG A Day 2019. It's coming up. Yeah. 
And actually, this year for RPG A Day 2019, they changed things up where they're just giving you one-word prompts for each day. Mm -hmm. So on the plus side, I think what that means, instead of just doing one RPG Day episode, I should be like... <laughs> As Brunhilda goes walking by, walking our newest dog our outside. new, new uh, puppy. There may be some barking. Yes. As it, but I was, as I was saying, since the RPG a day is doing the single word prompts, so like one day will be like reserved. So, um, with the new RPG a day, it's going to be a one word um, prompt. Prompt, um, and you have to basically express how that word feels in the blank. Yeah. So it could be how this in my D&D world works and how this works gaming in general. So it's like in my gaming group, respectful, that could be the word. So it's like, Hmm, respectful. How does that translate to my gaming group? Hmm. Or maybe even the lack of the word respectful. Well, you could say, well, there was this one time where this one character, one player who was supposed to have a pre may or, uh, you know, I'm talking about that one game where you had, <laughs> you know, um, I didn't hear the unedited version of that one. Oh, but, that game. Yeah. yeah where yeah. the person basically didn't respect boundaries. completely didn't respect not only the, uh, the DM, um, but any of the other players. Mm -hmm. And it was, it... <laughs> It ended in violence. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thankfully, it fixed itself. It and did. Then... And then it was a really cool story, and I very much enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And um, we had an awesome game because the GM really pulled it together afterwards. Exactly. So, respect, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's important. It's very important. Yeah. So, we'll pull up the list, and we'll start working on some of those. And I figure since Ragnarok and Roll needs some more lovin', because it hasn't had enough lovin' lately... We'll do one specifically for Ragnarok and Roll, and then we'll do one for D&D Journey of the 5th Edition and the CPPN's podcast. Okay. So I will give you lots of homework. Mm, gee, like I yeah. don't have enough homework. I will give you more gaming homework. <laughs> and you will receive all the prompts. And of course, we'll share once they, they come up what all the prompts will be, so we can do RPG a day 2019. Woohoo! Which, by the way, August is a busy month for us. I know. We have um, the Bisbee Invasion. Mm -hmm. For the Tucson Steampunk Society. And my birthday. And your birthday. You're going to be um, 25. Yes. Yes, I am. And CocoCon. And CocoCon, our first... What is this? Is it the second year of CocoCon? It's Coco the second Con? year of CocoCon. It's um, uh, a literary convention. Like a sci-fi mm -hmm. literary convention. But they are going to have gaming. Mm -hmm. And... Um, my friend and I are going to be running some, uh, a cosplay panel. Oh, you are? I didn't hear yes, about we're, that. We're going to be doing some, we haven't decided exactly which ones yet. Um, um but, uh, we'll be doing some, uh, panels. I asked, uh, on the Facebook page for Coco Kong, which is by the way, C-O-K-O-C-O-N. It's in Phoenix. Yep. August mm -hmm. 30th to September yeah. 2nd. We're and splitting room with, uh. Mm -hmm. some, oh, friends. some friends and it's going to be fun being the first time because apparently I am now titled with I am the con historian really yes 
Dee asked me to take photos and oh. apparently keep my photos forever and ever for her to get a hold of. Highland Dee Estelle runs yes. the con, I guess. Yep, and it's they're their con. super they're, people. They're amongst like five others that are on the board. And we actually won tickets to it from the Dickens Tea, mm-hmm. so um, we're going to use them. Yeah. And because uh, our team, we came in third yep. for the table decorating contest. Um, and those were tickets to CocoCon. Yes. You've definitely learned at the Tucson State Punk Society's Dickens Tea, the competition has got super fierce. <laughs> yeah, well, we set the... We... We set that bar. The chemistry girls yes. brought it up to the next level. Oh, no. It was uh, our original uh, table. Oh, Octavia? Yeah, the Octavia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the Octavia the, table. Uh, time for tea. Let's get cracking. <laughs> that set the bar, and then we just kept racing it. Now, others have, you know... Mm-hmm. Carried the torch. And run with it. Like nobody's Magic. business. Magic. Magic. So, we digress. Yes. Five years since we started podcasting. Mm-hmm. Five years. Yeah. And Brunhilde is in the other room yelling at puppies. <laughs> or possibly your character's boyfriends. <laughs> oh, Brunhilde, you're so lovely. <laughs> yes, I know, and I can't help it. <laughs> and it's funny. Brunhilde is hurting Hilda. <laughs> yes, uh, she's a brindle. Uh, so. Pitbull terrier. So, Mom decided to name her Brunhilda. Mm-hmm. We recently adopted her because she needed a new home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, Frey and her become besties. Yes. It's been a rough They're period. working out their issues. Territorial things. Yeah. So. Very territorial. Scion, pitch me on what our first Origins game should be. Um. You're half asleep, so you're in that creative, beautiful fugue state. <laughs> um... I'm going to edit that silence out. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Well, um, we had tried to do that other Scion game. The Relic the, the Relic Hunting? The Reliquary? Yeah. Yeah. That could be a thing. We could do something like that. Now the question is, would you want to do it as Origin or as Hero? Um, she's a hero. My okay, so jump straight to the hero. She, yeah, she's a scion of Hermes, man. Okay. I have really yet to play her. That's true. Pan. I've had her written for quite a while. Panarchy. Yeah, Panarchy. Yeah. My hacker chick. Mm-hmm. And uh, just just to be clear, I did back the Kickstarter, which is and where they came not from. Hacker, it's hacktivist. Hacktivist. Yeah, yeah. I did back the Kickstarter. One sad fact is we do know there is a 14-page errata for for these two books. But in all fairness, like six or seven of those pages are the the pre-gens that they had to do some errata on. Okay. But the errata is free on DriveThruRPG. As well it should be. So that way you can get a hold of it, no problem. And Mm -hmm. the new character sheets. She's playing with the dog. She's definitely playing with the dog. <laughs> She's so noisy but cute. Your mom. <laughs> so I just want to say thank you for, if you've been there since the beginning, thank you for being with us for all five years. Sorry about the times we've been on hiatuses because life has been hard. Especially since our, all of us don't get together anymore. I know. It's like with, with Trevor's life and Trevor's 
old Trevor's going to be a senior in high school. Yeah. He doesn't... He's too cool for that he's stuff. He's too cool for us. He only role plays with his friends, which I, I approve of at least. <laughs> and his Boy Scout friends. Yeah. So we may, maybe we should just make like a, a small two or three man sign team. Yeah, I think so that So that way be... a couple people can learn the rules really well and mm-hmm. we can fumble through them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's wise. That's wise. And you know we, had... we have to do the uh, roll 20. Yeah, we could do the roll 20. Yeah. Start with one or two people and start adding people to it. Mm-hmm. That that sounds like a plan. Okay. So I got to say, guys, if you've been with us for all five years, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. My God, the things that I've done to them. <laughs> I, I'm almost apologetic, but not really. Mm-hmm. And, and if you just joined and binged through like 200 and some odd episodes to catch up to this one, my God, you are a champion uh, or goddess. You are, a, you are a champion. <laughs> and, and, and we promise there will be more things. I will write up some articles, probably put it on the, the creativeplanepodcast.com or the Patreon at patreon.com slash cppn. Maybe we should do some other funky things. Like maybe I should just like get on roll 20 and roll up some characters just to show how they're rolled up. Mm, yeah, you can yeah. show that. Yeah. Maybe start playing with For some ideas up. and different archetypes. And... Does it still have the original Scion uh, character sheets too? Yeah. Yeah. It's oh. got first edition. First edition is good. Problem is on roll 20, it's hard to do the battle wheel. Unless you oh, make a battle true. wheel on the map. I mean, we physically made a battle wheel. Yeah. And I got and we ma- made a magnetic so we could put it on the refrigerator. Yep. And I'm still a huge fan of different weapon speeds because that so should be a thing. Battle axes are slower than shanky knives. Yeah. And Barrett pistol 50 caliber like mobs. And like when you're aiming... Yeah, you, you can, know, you you can extra... choose to keep aiming to get extra dice. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, well, uh, but, and it uh-huh. adds to the wheel. Do you know how they do with complicated actions in this version? No. How do they? You know, in the original version, you would take your dice pool and you would break your dice pool into half. So now what you do, since they've kind of gotten rid of the stunt system, you know, do stunts with extra successes as opposed to doing stunts at the beginning mm-hmm. because they found out it slowed down games. You basically will take the lesser of your two skills if you're doing two things at once, roll, and then you get to pick as the player how you're going to divide those successes up. As apparently we're hearing a priestess of the gods called Freya. (laughs) And you choose basically, like, say you're climbing and shooting at the same time. Are you climbing really well or are you shooting really well? Or are you splitting it evenly? Hmm. So I thought that was an interesting way that gives the players more agency over, over the results. Oh, and Kelly's giving me the wrap-up signal. <laughs> She's falling asleep as it is. Yeah, thank you for throwing me under the bus there. I'll edit that out, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> now that I said that, it has to be after the credits. <laughs> yes, that's what you get for falling asleep, you crazy lady. Yeah, so I just want to say thank you guys. Five wonderful years. I love the fact after the first couple episodes that we were just putting up just for our own recorded history yes everybody fell in love with the group and said please put more of us and <laughs> that we need to do more round table just talking about stuff or talking about characters mm-hmm. that was something that got requested is less real play and more round table stuff which i thought mm-hmm. was interesting so maybe like if we start playing regularly again we do like at the end of the game we just do like a 20 minute chat about okay. something wheel of chat roll a random thing and you know, 
I need you. Or questions that are submitted. Yeah. I need you to roll me a D8 because we still need to know which one of our patrons is winning your dice tray that you're making. Oh, yeah. I have to. I have my list of D8 that, by the way, I omitted both of our names from that list. Oh, if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah. No, you don't I... want to be, make yourself a dice tray? Uh, well, I'm <laughs> going to be making dice trays. Um, uh, but I am going to be working on a dice bag pattern to match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that um, once I determine what kind of style uh, of dice, bags dice bag. Like. I'm thinking of a round, but... Uh, uh, Classic coin purse style? Well, n- not the coin purse style because technically those are this would have a uh, uh, sphere on the bottom and then rectangle around and oh, okay. um, so then it kind of stands oh, right okay. um, you have to... out of the same material so it matches, so it matches exactly matches. with the canvas on the outside and possibly I'm talking to a friend of ours about embroidery about because they have the ability to um, embroider simple images mm-hmm. so that maybe we yeah. can get um, some stuff, like something um, RPG ish, uh huh. Um, added to flair, exactly. Um, but uh, I'm going to be working on a pattern. It's just that I've been working on a Victorian, new Victorian hat, and a polonaise ensemble that I need for next month. By the way, what <laughs> am I going to wear to the, the Baroness's event? Oh, well, I'm talking about the September event. Okay, September event that we're going to is investiture are uh for the SCA friends of ours are being becoming co-barons and we are probably going to do renaissance break out our renaissance gear from the ren fair okay you have your uh reversible jerkin okay or well it's yours more so more of a doublet i guess um uh outfit uh so you'll be super easy and comfortable but we may have to get you a new ren shirt i think maybe um, and I will go in my run fair. I just have to mm-hmm. get my Elizabethan corset back for my sister. It sounds like the cat is losing his mind because he, he wants, wants the window his window open. open. We should wrap this up. Okay. All right, guys. Thank you for five fantastic years. Much let's, love. Let's hear it for the next five. And the next time we're on, I will roll a D8 yep. and uh, determine who will be the winner. Yes. Because we need to find a winner, winner, dice trade dinner. <laughs> Alrighty, guys, thank you very much. And for five years, for half a decade, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Alrighty, guys, thank you for listening. Hi, this is Jim from Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion Hero to Ragnarok podcast, and the Creative Play and Podcast Network. And I'd just like to say thank you for listening, and may fate always be on your side. Okay, let's do this. Okay, so we're doing this. As the cat goes to the recorder, we all pause if he's going to knock it off. Uh, uh, Pause. Pause. (laughs)